Namaskar. This is Dr. Veda Pragyananda, and we have another episode of DharmaCast, and we're continuing in a series of podcasts which I'm trying to give some tips or guidelines or suggestions which can help your meditation, make it easier and also make it make it deeper. And in that regard, in the last podcast, I spoke about the greatest secret of the universe. And I, I unveiled the secret, so it's not a secret anymore. But that secret is that when we meditate, we're really not the, the meditator. And we're, actually, we're being meditated by the Supreme Consciousness is meditating on us. We are the object. The Supreme Consciousness is the subject. And if you can do your meditation from that perspective, you can try it sometimes. It becomes easier and deeper. So, so think about that, that you are the object. The Supreme Consciousness is the subject. Someone is watching you. Someone is witnessing you from the front, from the back, from the sides, from the diagonals. In all directions, there's a witnessing entity watching you. And what are they watching you doing? They're watching you doing meditation. So now, I'm, I want to go into another approach, which also can, maybe, I can't, I can't always say it's, it will work effectively for you, or for everybody, but I think it can be a good thing to try. So here, in order to go into that, I have to unveil or, or talk about what I call the paradox of spirituality paradox of spirituality. So what is the paradox which I found is that, and I found it personally, that when I, I went into meditation, I wanted to get something, get something. I wanted to feel the kundalini rising. I wanted to get this samadhi, get that feeling. In those days, when I first started meditation, we were reading a book by, uh, his name was Gopi Krishna, and he, he talked about an experience where you had the kundalini rising. Uh, and so we, we closed the book and we thought it would be easy. We can do meditation and then in a few weeks it would happen. But it, it doesn't so happen so easily. But basically what the approach was, and I think the approach of many people who begin yoga, begin meditation, we want to get something. We want to lose our stress. We want to get more self-confidence. We want to get some mental ease, we, or if we're doing the physical yoga, we want to get rid of the aches and the pains, we want to get a better body, or whatever. So we come into the yoga, we want to get something. That's the, that's the thing. So now, if you go deeper into spirituality, what, hap what emerges in a person who is on that path it, you get the feeling that you want to give something. We want to do seva or service. This is one of the, the natural parts of spirituality. We expand our mind. We flow with the cosmic consciousness. We get a taste of it. And then we want to serve the society. So that service, usually we think of service in the terms of um, doing something physically in the world. We feed the hungry, feed the help the poor, um, build homes for the shelterless, protect the people who need protection. So this is seva. But meditation is also a form of seva, a service. And so when you 
approach meditation like this, it becomes easier. So who are we serving when we do meditation? So normally we're thinking, I'm doing meditation because I, I want to get a better IQ or, or better memory or, or, or performance on my examinations. But now we're doing meditation as a service. So who is the service for? To the Supreme Consciousness. So the idea is that I'm doing the meditation not because I'm going to try to get pleasure, I'm going to get the next level of bliss, but I'm going to give pleasure to the Supreme Consciousness. So my guru Sri Srinandamurti says, I meditate on him thinking that my meditation will bring joy to him. This is my sole intention. So that's a very lofty perspective. And, and we don't begin there. No, no one ever began meditation from that perspective. But it's something we can aspire to. Why not? So you're doing your meditation like I told you in the last podcast. You're trying very hard. You're knitting your brow and you're, you're just trying to concentrate on that supreme consciousness. You're trying to concentrate on your object of meditation. So what did I say then last, in the last episode? I said, relax. Now let that supreme consciousness meditate on you. Let him or her, or however you envision, supreme consciousness, that supreme consciousness is meditating on you. And when you relax like that, it becomes wonderful. So now we come to another juncture in the meditation, or another approach. You're meditating, you're trying to get some concentration, and you're trying to lose uh, consciousness of the outside world. You, you, you have different objects in mind, even though you have a process, hopefully you have a process, you're, you're meditating, hopefully, like as I do, uh, maybe not, not everyone will do it the same, but you, you have some particular process, what you're doing, and you're trying to do that process nicely. So, so that's one thing you're trying to do. And, and you're hoping by doing that process, then your mind will reach some form of peace and rest, some, some level of, of satisfaction. And this is normal. But now, let's take it in another way. You sit down and you're doing the meditation, the Supreme Consciousness is meditating on you, but now you're not trying to achieve anything. You're just thinking, by doing this meditation, I am making that Supreme Consciousness happy. I am making my, my Lord or my Ishta, my my personal, my loved one, you can say. That's really the way to approach it. I'm making my loved one happy. I, I don't particularly care whether I'm happy or unhappy. I'm making my loved one happy. And if you do meditation as a service to the Supreme, and without trying to get bliss, but you're trying to give bliss, this could bring your meditation to another level. So it's something to try. Like I said, it's not for everyone. Not everyone will feel comfortable. It's it's really the approach of bhakti yoga. So some people have a, a more intellectual approach. We call it jnana yogi. Some people are more action-minded. This is karma yogi. But there is this devotional approach. And in the devotional approach, we want to give service to that beloved. That's, that's your object of meditation is your beloved, however you envision him, her, it, or whatever. 
but it's, it's really your cherished goal. So we want to give pleasure to that Supreme One. So this is the selfless meditation. Meditation becomes, instead of selfish, but there's nothing wrong with selfish meditation in the sense that you're doing meditation, you want to improve yourself, go for it, I, I, it's beautiful. But we take it in another direction, we say, I'm doing meditation, I want to please my beloved. So try that and see what happens. Do your meditation, let yourself become the object of the Supreme Subject, and let your love flow towards your goal. Let your love flow there. And I hope that you will enjoy meditation more and more. So that's all I want to say. There's nothing more. But it's a, it's a deep concept. And think about it. And then experiment. That's why we say meditation is an experiment in the laboratory of the mind. So go into the, your la mental laboratory, make that experiment, and make that an experiment of, of love. So namaskar, and I'll be back for another episode of DharmaCast, and you can find us at dharmacast.com, and you can subscribe to the podcast, or sometimes the podcast could be carried on other, other websites as well. So namaskar, uh, that means I salute the the divinity within you, with my mind and all the love and cordiality of my heart. Oh, yeah.